0: Yo, what up guys, your boy Quake, back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 49. Now on this episode, I kind of want to take my time in talking about a lot of things because there's a lot going on, not only in hip hop, but business mixed with hip hop. So, you know, if, if I'm a little quiet, a little bit in between here and there, just understand that I'm trying to gather my thoughts for what. I'm about to, I guess, say and address whatever the case may be. Not really address because I'm not addressing anybody. I just kind of want to say whatever I want to say. Kind of get my thoughts off on uh, the crazy topic this week, which there's a lot, but this one is like the one that's caught my attention the most because I'm in the field now. So I got to pay attention what's going on. And when I say I'm in the field, you already know what I'm talking about. If you've been paying attention, I'm talking about the Joe Budden podcast. Now, I'm not here to... Bash anybody, say anything negative, um, because I kind of just dealt with the same situation. You know, having to get rid of a co-host is not an easy decision. Luckily, on this podcast, I wasn't at the level of a Joe Budden, so I didn't really have to deal with a lot of what they're dealing with right now. But, like I mentioned in previous episodes, I can see down the line. I can see, you know, I look way way further ahead, and. A lot of this is crazy, honestly. I, don't, I really don't know how to, what words to put in terms of this whole situation, what to say. But I've listened to everything. I've listened to Joe Budden's side, and I've listened to Rory and Maul's side. So, you know, there's, uh, how do I say this? In business, there's a lot of different things that can go wrong, and there's a lot of things that are misunderstood. Especially if the person doesn't own a business themselves or have never started a business, um, it's like it's like a lawyer, right? When when a, when you hire a lawyer, they you know they defend you. They they talk in lawyer terms, you know, not in layman's terms where you can understand. They talk when lawyers talk to each other, they, they use all kinds of big words, and if you don't know what they're saying, you're not going to understand what's going on. And that's the same thing with business. Like when you when you have a business, and then you hire employees, and then the employees question you you're kind of try. even if you try to explain to them, Hey, this is, this is what's happening. Majority of the time, they're not going to understand because they don't own a business. They don't know the expenses. They don't know the day-to-day works. And yeah, like I said, even if you try to explain, it's still something that's hard to understand. It's like, like I said, for the lawyer thing, it's like me trying to understand a lawyer and what they're, what they're doing and how, you know, laws work and all this. And you know, how to get tied into this and that. And we won't understand a hundred percent unless you really get into it. So that's really what this, what this situation, if you break down everything from Joe Bunn's side and Rory and mall side, it's really just that it's people, it's two people who, who feel like they built something with Joe Bunn, which they did. They did help out of course. Um, but they, they don't feel like they're employees. They feel like they 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 worked hard enough to build this and own a percentage of this. And and that that's something that you work out in the beginning. You know, if, if you're going on anything, anything that you're going to business with, whether it's with friends, whether it's with partner, whatever, whatever, whoever it is, you have to break that down in the beginning, or else it's just gonna get worse. It's gonna get worse as time goes on. As more money gets involved, as more people try to get into pockets, you know, you get accountants, you get managers, you get all these people that try to, you know, take their percentages, you know, it's just going to get worse. And at that level, at that Joe Budden podcast level, which is a level I'm nowhere near right now at all, um, I can see how things can get bad. So let me break down basically what's 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 been going on here. And I know I'm stuttering a lot and just repeating my words, but I kind of want to make sure I get this, uh, break this down as best as I can without giving inaccurate information or kind of blaming anybody in this situation. But it's important to know about this because it deals with business. If you're interested in dealing and doing anything business down the line in your life or opening your own business or working with anybody, this is important. It has nothing to do about drama. You know, I remember, uh, when I posted a highlight clip from the last episode, one guy commented like, Oh, diverse mentality. You're, you're supposed to be above this drama. You're not supposed to be feeding into this. I'm like, did you even watch the video? I'm talking about business. I'm trying to, cause this is teaching me too. This is why I think Joe Budden, Rory, Mall, Ian, everybody that's over there, at Joe Bun podcast, because it's helping me learn business. It's helping me learn about the podcast field, which I'm new to. I have no idea about. This is something totally new for me. And you know, I like I, as you've seen with this, just this podcast, I've already dealt with having to move pieces around and get rid of things and do things different. And you know, that's just how it goes with this. It's a whole new field. You know, even Spotify doesn't know how to deal with a lot of these. Podcasts and business dealings and stuff. It's so new that it's you know you're bound to mess up. But let's go over first. Joe Budden released his podcast addressing you know Rory and Mall fired Rory uh, basically on the podcast and said Mall you're you know you're about to be fired. He didn't really fire Maul. He was just kind of talking about Mall. You know I've been through ups and downs with you. I've lived with you and you know. We've, we've never broken bread. We never broke bread together. So that's why it's kind of a situation that's uh, different and blah, blah, blah. So obviously Joe Budden and Maul have a, a lot closer relationship. But when it comes to uh, Rory and Joe Budden, they just met like a year before the podcast officially started. So Joe um, Joe fires Rory on there and then goes in on Mall too, goes in on both of them and then the next two days he drops another podcast because that's his schedule and on that po- that podcast he brings his therapist on there alongside Ice and Ish which is the new co-host that are supposed to replace Rory and Mall. He brings his therapist on there too. And speaking with the therapist throughout the whole thing it's like 3 hours long. I can't I didn't I unfortunately I didn't write any like notes specifically what the therapist was talking about but there's a lot of points that they mentioned that were very important. The one that I, that I really paid attention to that really caught my attention is a lot of people aren't meant to be in the position that they're in. They can't handle it. They don't know how to handle it and they can't handle the pressure. So then they sab- sabotage the situation. And I'm not saying Rory mall did that, but you could subconsciously do that without even knowing, like I've heard Kevin Gates saying, this is dope. Kevin Gates there's a video of him. I don't know. He's doing like some interview and he was like, every time I was, I was about to reach the next level of my career, this peak, this point where damn things were getting bigger and bigger and more people, more eyes were on me. I would somehow find a way to sabotage it and go to prison. And then he, he he's like, I just didn't believe in myself. I didn't have that confidence. I didn't think I deserved all of this. And, maybe that's Rory and all. Maybe that's their position. That's what the therapist was saying. And it kind of made sense because I think Rory said previous on previous episodes or a different podcast that he didn't really like podcasts and he just got into it because it was a cool thing that all three of them could do. So it's not even something he had a passion for. But that happens with people. If people people aren't meant to be in that position or they don't feel they're worthy enough, they don't have the confidence or the the, I guess, the belief in them and stuff like that, to handle that pressure they feel like it's too much they're going to sabotage it whether they know it or not sometimes they'll they won't even know that they're sabotaging it and that's the reason why they're doing it they won't know until like they talk to a therapist or something like that but kevin gates was saying that he said every level he reached that's higher and higher somehow he would find a way to sabotage it by going back to prison and that's the same thing that happened in 2016 when he was at his peak he did he did two singles that went triple platinum i think two phones went triple platinum and uh Really, really record in 2016 off the Isla album did Double Platinum. He was that. He, he had the best-selling album behind Drake with no features at that time in 2016. Views came out in 2016. So Views was the best-selling, and then Kevin Gates was second. That's crazy to think about that. Just So he was at his peak at that point. Then he does that incident where he kicks that girl, the concert, and then fucks it all up. And then while he was locked up, he had realized that, yeah, I'm sabotaging everything I'm doing. Every time I reach this, I get scared. And then his wife reassured him, Drika that you know, she was the one that kept instilling him that you are worthy of this. There's a reason why God put you in this position and you're meant to handle all this. So that's the thing. Some people, they might not feel like they're meant to handle all that. And that's, that's a hard thing to read on people. You know, it's really hard to tell, to read characteristics of a person and see if they can handle that pressure. Some people have never been through that pressure. So then once that pressure comes, it's hard to handle. For me personally, I've always, I've always, I've had thicker skin because I've, as a kid, I created a website, a hip hop website at 12 years old. And I would see comments, people hate on me. Now, obviously, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, it did affect me. You know, I was a kid, I was like, damn, why are, you know, people don't even know it's a kid behind this website and they're hating on me and all this. And it would affect me and I'd be like, damn, this and that. But as I got older, I was like, Man, whatever you do, people are going to love it or hate it. It doesn't matter. It's, you know, I think the saying was three people love are going to love what you do. Three people are going to hate what you do. And four just don't care. It's the 10 people rule. And that's all I've ever thought about is three people are going to love what I do. Three people are going to hate. And four people just aren't going to care. So whenever I ran with that, I just never, I never cared after that point. I just kept thinking about that every time. And I started to build thicker and thicker skin. So then once you know, at a successful website. Once I got into YouTube, I kind of learned to deal with comments and people saying stuff because as time went on, I just got thicker and thicker skin. And obviously now it's at a different level because it's more my voice is out there. Now my face is out there. So it's a little more scrutiny, but it's gradually, I'm glad I've never blown up like drastically, like go from whatever, let's just say I was doing a thousand, views on a video and just went up to like poof, hundreds of billions. And then all of a sudden I'm this superstar. I'm glad it's never happened to me. I like the gradual route because I get used to things. I get to analyze things and see how I like them. But yeah, if I just blow up, I, I can't imagine a celebrity or just some random rapper blowing up the next day. It's really hard to handle that pressure. It's really hard to understand what's going on. So you can't really don't ever ridicule, celebrities like that. It's hard man, to be in that spotlight and have the whole world kind of judging you. It, you know especially if they don't know what's going on that's the thing that joe Budden's face right now a lot of people are throwing ridicule at him and joe Budden, obviously he's got thick skin he's been dealing with this shit for a long time since 2001 like he said so to him at this point it's like whatever but um he's getting a lot of backlash and we don't know who's right in this situation we have no idea it could be rory or maul it could be joe Budden. um but let me go over what rory and maul have said they went on there, they created like their own kind of podcast the response and the, the title of it was funny. It was like, I'll name this response later, which is a shot or like a play on of uh, Joe Budden's old podcast name, which was I'll name this podcast later. So they go on there, they talk about how every time they would ask for accounting, Joe Budden would kind of get mad. Like, ah, oh, you know, what do you guys want to see accounted for blah, blah, blah. And they were like, their argument is this, is that they own, they were getting percentage based payments which means, let's just say, for example, if this podcast, the revenue that's coming in is just YouTube, let's just say it's that. If I were hiring somebody, I would just give them a percentage of that YouTube money, like 10%, 20%, whatever the case may be. So they were saying they were getting a percentage-based payment off of the Joe Budden podcast. Now, either they don't know how to read contracts or they don't know what's in the contract. They were saying they were doing cash app deals, they were doing Spotify deal, they did, and then they did the Patreon deal, and they weren't seeing money from those like they were supposed to, or they weren't seeing enough, and Rory just asked, hey, can I see the contract, and Joe Budden was like, why, blah, blah, blah. If they are officially getting percentage-based deals, like money, percentages like that, then they have a right to see what's coming in, because how would you know how much you're getting? You know, one month you could, if you're making in a quarter, let's just say $400,000, you're owed 10% of that, you know, how would you know how much of that 10% is, you know, you have to know the numbers at that point. If you're getting percentage-based income, if you're getting a salary, then it's different. Then you don't have to know the numbers because no matter what, if the podcast blows up, if it does low numbers, if it does high, whatever, you're still going to get paid that amount. So if it's like 5,000 a month, 10,000, 20,000, whatever, you're forever going to get paid that no matter if it blows up or not. So then you don't really need to see the numbers because it's consistent. But if you're getting percentage-based, the thing about our field that people don't understand, the stuff that we do, content creation, it fluctuates. There are months where we're making a lot and then there are months where it's like dead and nothing's really coming in. So if you're getting percentage-based, you know, you need to understand that and see that fluctuation and see where you're actually getting, what kind of money you're getting. So if they're percentage-based like they were saying, then yeah, they have a total right to see the accounting. They have a total right to see the numbers. Makes total sense. However, Joe Budden responded to that on Instagram live and basically said um, in the contract, they got that confused. They were supposed to get, it is percentage based, but it's not the way that they're saying it off of everything is what his thing is. So like he did, he brought in a cash app deal. He's saying they're not, they don't need to see those numbers. He brought in this, they don't need to see those numbers because he didn't, he feels like I brought them in. So they came to me because of me. And you don't need to see those numbers only off of what you're getting paid off, You'll see the numbers, which, you know, I don't know what the contract says, but Joe Budden says in the contract, it states differently. And that's the thing. If Rory and mall don't know how to read their contracts, they don't understand it. Then it's on their fault. If it's, if they're right, Rory and mall, then it's Joe Budden's fault. Obviously we don't know. I don't know the situation. I'm not there talking to Joe Budden. I'm not his accounting team. So I'm just going off of what each story is saying and what my thoughts are on that. So, Rory goes on to say in their, in their response that he doesn't care about accounting and he just wants to, you know, get things straight and make sure we're getting the the fair sum, blah, blah, blah. Um, let me see here. The thing too, that, 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 that kind of stood out to me too, which was interesting that I have my notes here was they mentioned that they saw Joe Biden like wearing different hats, you know, like funny looking hats, Amari hats, like hats that are expensive. and, that to me says that they're a pocket watching Joe Budden. Here's the thing: as a business owner, right? <clears throat> if you know I hire a team of people, and one of my employees is like looking at me and saying, "Damn, look at look at Quake. He's got this. He's got that. He's got cars. He's got this." And he's pocket watching me. He's gonna start feeling like, "Damn, I'm supposed to be getting that type of stuff too." Like, what? Why is he eating all this and he's making all this? What about me? The moment somebody feels like that is when. The animosity comes in, is when, whoa, I need to get paid more, I need to raise. That's when you gotta fire somebody immediately. There's no questions asked because what what how I'm living is based off of how I work. You know, Joe Budden is doing multiple things. He's not just doing the Joe Budden it's a Joe Budden network. He's working with Revolt, he's doing pull ups, he did love and hip hop, he did all this. So of course he's gonna he's gonna look like he has a lot more money than Rory and Mall cause he's doing a lot more that's really what it is. so if I ever had an employee like ask me and like you know kind of question me like yo look at what he's wearing, blah 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 I'd be like bruh i'm I'm grinding I'm getting all this stuff done that that shouldn't concern you at all what I do how much money I make shouldn't concern you. what you should be worried about is the business that you're a part of, and that's it nothing else so that was something that was telling to me. they were mentioning the clothing and obviously they were clowning him on the clothing, but that they noticed those things and they were I think they noticed that and were like, damn, you know, he's wearing all these Gucci and Louie and what about us? You know? So that's what I picked up from that. Um, Joe didn't make all the money from the podcast. Uh, Rory and Maul on the thing said they're not workers. And that's another thing that I, 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 um, I had a problem with because you are a worker. You are an employee of Joe Budden. There's nothing wrong with that. I've been employees of companies you know there's been a lot of people have been employees a couple there's nothing wrong with it you don't every time you're into something you don't have to own everything you don't have to be the owner of everything there's nothing wrong with being an employee at all everybody's been an employee at once in their life and then been an owner maybe and there's nothing wrong with that so if they they, they're having just them saying that they're having animosity towards being called an employee of the joe Budden podcast they are employees joe Budden started it he brought you guys on and that's it you know and you feel like maybe you, you're you owed more because if it wasn't for you two, it wouldn't have blown up as big. And that might be the case. But let's not forget why these companies even came to Joe Budden in the first place. That Cash App deal came to Joe Budden's pull-up show, which had nothing to do with Rory all. He decided to take that Cash App deal and bring it to the Joe Budden podcast. That's, that's all on Joe Budden. He if he if he felt like hey I did that and he did and he could just keep all the percentages of everything that comes from Cash App and Rory and Mal can't say anything about that unless their contract says they are owed a percentage of everything that comes to the Joe Budden podcast which I don't know there that's the case but the way they're talking that's the case um, so uh, Joe Budden responds responded uh, they also mentioned. Here's another thing that I kind of skipped over. They also mentioned that there was $400,000 missing in the accounting. Rory and Maul mentioned. Maul mentioned the number. And Joe Bunn responded to that because obviously there's $400,000 missing in accounting. That's something that anybody would be worried about. You know, like I would look into that. Everybody would look into that. But Joe, Joe responds to that on Instagram Live and says that it was Spotify. It was upfront money from Spotify that they paid. And that's why it was like 400,000. It looked like a crazy number on one spot. But that was Joe Budden's response that, that Spotify paid upfront. And that's why a lump sum of money came at one time. Because here's the thing too, that people don't understand in business. And unless you've been behind the scenes, which I've dealt with this a few times. So I can speak on it. But sometimes companies will pay you upfront to do something. And sometimes they won't, sometimes I'll pay you monthly and be like, yo, let's do this deal like this. And then sometimes they'll be like, yo, do this work. And we'll just give you the lump sum after or before. And that's apparently what happened with Spotify. They paid out $400,000 over the course of one, one year, which was another season that they did. And they just paid it up upfront. front. And Joe Budden was like, that's what that was. And if you don't understand that, then I don't know how else to break that down to you. Then, uh, before rory's talking about how before the podcast officially you know really blew up or really wasn't making any money he had talked to title with elliot wilson shout out to elliot by the way he's a beast uh one of one of my idols in terms of this hip-hop thing um he he talked to elliot about doing a deal with title and after talking to elliot he talked to joe budden and joe budden got mad yelled at him blah, blah, blah 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 now the way rory explained it that's that's crazy that sounds crazy right but Joe on his Instagram was like, yeah, I did do that. I did yell at him because he was like, I was talking to Jay-Z, which is the top of the top at title. Elliot is, is up there, but Jay-Z is obviously the top of the top. He owns that fucking shit. So he was talking to Jay-Z about a title deal. And he was like, you were fucking it up by trying to talk to them about prices when he was trying to get a better price out the situation. Ultimately, what ended up happening was Joe Budden said they were offered 40000 a month to do it. And he didn't take it, which was a smart move, by the way. Down the line, 100% makes sense. I'm sure they make way more than 40000 in a month. So that that's why, you know, Joe Budden went off on Rory, the way Rory explained that. Um, then they mentioned, Joe Budden mentioned that if you want a percentage, if you actually want to own a percentage or you want a percentage-based, like they were saying, then you got to take on the expenses of the business. Which makes sense. You know, if you're getting percentages of what's coming in, you have to take on expenses of that. If you're getting salary, then you take on no expenses. So in business, obviously there's expensive, you know, there's overhead, playing employees, all this stuff, video editors, cameramen, all this engineers, stuff like that, that now I'm just finally getting into because of this podcast. I didn't have to do that on my YouTube. I do have a video editor now. That's really about it. I don't need cameramen. I don't need, because I don't go out there and interview artists like that. Now the, the investment I made in this business is a lot. So, you know, that's the kind of expenses that I'm talking about is day-to-day expenses. You're going to have expenses. And Joe was like, if you don't understand these things, then what's going to happen is you're going to think money is just flying out the window and you're not getting paid what you feel like you're owed. Because what he broke down was if, if, if you get a million dollars out of a deal, you really don't get a million dollars. As anyone knows, anybody that, that knows any little bit about business knows that if you get a million dollars, just say I sign a million dollar deal right now for this podcast of Spotify. Let's just use that example. Immediately three hundred to three hundred and fifty thousand is going to taxes off the bat. So there you go. You got what seven hundred thousand. Let's just say for easy math, seven hundred thousand dollars. Then to negotiate the deal, you would have, have to have hired a lawyer. Then dealing with that kind of money, you gotta hire an accountant. Then you got to hire employees. Then there's other shit. I, I'm just missing a bunch of things, but there's a lot of shit that goes into it. Basically, you're not getting a million dollars at the end of it. You're probably going to, the main person who owns the podcast out of that million, if everything is paid off, we'll probably be sitting on $300,000. And then that's, if you have co-hosts, let's just say if you're by yourself, you'll probably be sitting on $300,000 which sounds like a lot and it is a lot of money don't get me wrong 300,000 is insane but as time goes on you will realize that you know there's a lot of expenses a million you need to you need to gross a million dollars just to net 300,000 gross is the money that you're bringing in without any expenses being taken so it's gross is that a million dollars I was talking about and then the net is after everybody's paid after taxes after everything what you actually pocket and i think rory and maul based off of the way that they're talking about the situation they don't they don't know that information they have no idea about that information they don't joe said in their contract what he said is what if it's it, he said he said what if because he doesn't really want to reveal details which obviously he'll get sued if he does that so he said what if in the contract it says you don't get a chance to see the uh, accounting you don't get it you don't you don't have a say in looking into that And if that's in the contract and they sign that, then they have no right to look into accounting. They have no right to look into anything. So this is business, man. This is business. And there's a lot, man, there's a lot more that they talked about, but so much that if I kept on talking about this, we'd be on here for two hours, just talking about the podcast of their podcast. So yeah, business, business is something that You need to honor your contracts. They had a... Joe Budden said they had another year on their contract. And if they felt like negotiating it, he said that would have been fine. And Rory Amal felt like, you know, he's going to hire people just so he doesn't have to pay us. And the report is that they're owed a million dollars each, which is a lot of money. Um, I don't know. I think uh, this is a perfect example of not mixing friends with business. Because... Or, I mean... (sighs) You could just be honest with people and just show them the accounting. Even show them one time. What I this is how I would handle a situation, right? If they came to me and were like, yo, these numbers are looking funny. Can we see the accounting? Even if it's in their contract that they can't see it, I would have at least let them seen it and broke down everything. If Joe Budden's being honest. Let's just say Joe Budden is, is telling the truth that there is no money stolen. There's nothing wrong in the situation that he did then why not show them just one time? I'd be like, listen, it's in your contract for me not to show you. But because you guys are my homies and I got the respect for you guys like that, this one time I'll show you guys and I'll break down everything. And then you guys understand. And if they took that some type of way or felt disrespected, then that's on them. But you try to do the right thing by at least showing them trying to break down because a lot of people like I said don't understand business they don't understand business talk they don't understand expenses they don't they've never owned an actual company so they don't know these things and that's not you know that's nothing wrong with that but just sit them down and talk to them you know if somebody wants to see how much is being made and that's all they keep bringing up just do it one time be like listen let's 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 sit down and let me show you guys how much it costs to run this thing here And then, you know, if they still felt like some type of way after that, then obviously you can't control that, but you try your best and, you know, you keep moving. So more money, more problems, more money, more problems. So that's all I really want to talk about that. I mean, I've, you know, I was in a shitty contract with MCN studio 71, which I can say their name now Uh, bad contract that I was stuck in when I did the podcast deal with them. I tried to do it. They tried raping me out of more money and is what it is, man. It was a bad contract for a year I was in the contract for three years, but for that last year, I realized that it was a bad contract because, you know, what I was expecting is them investing into my podcast and pushing me on that end, but they didn't hold up their end. had to write it out. It is what it is. You sign sometimes bad deals. You know, it happens to the best of us. And I learned a lot from that. And I wouldn't, honestly, I want to take that back, even though it sucked and I hated it. I'm free, man. Now shackles are off, (laughs) but You know, it just happens. That happens in life. You sign bad deals, you do bad moves, and the best thing to do is learn from the situation. And whoever's in the right here, whoever's in the wrong in this Rory Maljo-Button situation, I don't know, but hopefully they all learn from it, and hopefully they can be friends down the line, even if they don't go to business with each other. And just thank you to Like I said, once again, thank you for being so transparent because this is teaching me a lot in terms of the podcasting realm. Because they don't have to be transparent. This all could have been dealt with behind the scenes. And instead, they're transparent. And I appreciate them for that. So, that's it for that. Um, Jack Harlow. So, Jack Harlow, as we know, the situation with the DJ shooting that woman. um, Actually killing her, unfortunately. Uh, Jack Harlow was silent throughout the whole situation. And he decided to finally go on social media and address what happened. So, let's go. Uh, Let's see what he said. Harlow was initially silent about the incident, but has decided to speak out, according to TMZ. Harlow addressed Nash's death on Wednesday, May 12, saying, My heart is broken by the events that occurred over Derby weekend. My heart breaks for Kazmira and her children, everyone else touched by this tragic death. The Grammy Award-nominated artist has reportedly been in touch with Nash's family, although he's painfully aware there's nothing he can do to change the course of events. Nothing can reverse what happened. Too many lives have been changed forever. My life will remain committed to making Louisville a better place. Um, the guy, the DJ, turned himself in. And, of course, his bond is set at 500000 So I'm sure Jack Harlow will, will get him out if, he's, if that's really his homie like that. Um, Yeah, so Jack Harlow, that's, that's a sad incident, man. It wasn't really worth I'm sure I don't even know what go down, but we'll see if anything spirals out of this. But yeah, Jack Carlo was silent through the situation for a long, long time. But you know, that's smart. That's a smart thing to do. You don't just sit there and just automatically say something about a situation. He was quiet and then he eventually said something. Uh Lil Reese, this is this news, this just seeing this online was crazy. Um let me go over what happened, but he's been shot again reportedly for trying allegedly for trying to steal someone's vehicle let's see because i had it right here but i don't know why Little Reese and two other men were reportedly shot in chicago parking lot on saturday morning may 15th according to the cwb chicago police responded to shots fired call around nine fifty three a.m local time and found three victims with gunshot wounds Police spokesperson citing the preliminary information said the incident involved several people who were all shooting at each other. A stolen Dodge Durango sprayed with bullet holes was discovered, crashed at the scene, while video of officers' arrival was posted to Twitter. Lloris was identified as one of the victims, while the other two victims are a 20-year-old man and 27-year-old man. All three of them were taken to local hospitals, but their conditions are unknown. At this time, we do know their conditions, though. Lloris uh, is going to make it. Um, but what happened was on Twitter, people posted video footage of the the Reese literally shot up like he was barely, I, I didn't think he was going to make it. It was just bloody all over. It was disgusting. I mean, if you guys ever see the video, just, yeah, I definitely don't. I'm not going to post it on the YouTube version as well. Yeah, that's, that's too, it's too graphic. It's, yeah, it's just, what ended up happening though was obviously after Reese recovered, Police were there questioning him. Was he actually trying to steal a vehicle? You know, because they were accusing him of stealing a vehicle. But they said Lil Reese told police that he met the people in the Durango outside of the garage and directed them where to drive so he could buy cannabis from them. The report said the other people, the other people, shot gave police little information. So uh, people were saying Reese snitched because he said there's you know they were selling weed to him, blah blah blah. Whatever, man. I think Reese just said that because he kind of wants the feds off his case because I'm sure they're looking at him as the suspect that was trying to rob somebody of a vehicle. So he kind of, I'm sure he said that because he was like, eh, I don't want them looking at me. Like, like, you know, I did something. So let me, let me point this out to somebody else. But what ends up happening is of course, six, nine who's got beef with the Reese clowned him. Um, he said the six, nine curse is real. Rest in peace to all the rappers who are in heaven even started to go fund me saying, Yo, let's help Reese get a car. He commented saying, You mean to tell me you have it on Instagram live, but not in real life. And what he's referring to is when they were on Instagram live talking shit to each other, Reese pulled out a gun, you know. But then he, you know, his response like, You you have it on Instagram, but not in real life and he put a bunch of laughing emojis. I can't breathe right now. And just clowning him saying, Yo, let's let's get Reese a car. You know what six nine does, his shenanigans that he does, but uh if Lil Reese actually did that, you know, then he's in some shit, man. He's in some trouble. That guy's been making it through a lot of shooting incidents and making it out alive. And honestly, he just he needs to get up out of Chicago. Um this this stuff just keeps happening in Chicago to him, it seems like. Just get up out of there, man. I don't know why you're still staying there. You're you're a rapper, you're known. Don't stay there. Like you see Chief Keefe, you see Lil Dirk, you see a lot of rappers that are still live are from Chicago they left a long time ago Chief Keef I don't think he's ever been back to Chicago since he moved to Los Angeles he's been in Los Angeles for a while Lord dirk has been in Atlanta for a while so yeah don't don't stay there cuz you're just the, you're just a target at that point so sorry I had to get a drink break now that it's just me, I got to take drink breaks. So, I was cutting it out before, but I'm just going to roll with it. Y'all going y'all gonna to chill for five seconds. Let me get a drink break, man. This story is crazy, too. Uh, this is the ultimate Eminem stand. You know, you, you guys call me 50 Cent Stan, but just, just, let, just let me read this story because it is fucking crazy. Um, Eminem, when he dropped an NFT, right, that NFT he dropped uh, had a beat on it called Stan's Revenge, produced by Eminem. And he had a couple other things on there, like action figures, Eminem collectibles, stuff like that. What ended up happening with that non fungible token was that a guy, an upcoming rapper, or a rapper now at least, named Tom McDonald, bought it for $100,000. Yeah, you heard that right. $100,000. I don't know why I did that accent, but 100,000 he spent for an Eminem NFT with a beat on it. Now, I watched, I kind of did some research on this and I watched an interview he did. And he said that the beat would probably go, you know, if Eminem was selling it, probably go for a quarter of a million to half a million, which is true. And I'm sure he's made the money back from this immediately because he is a known rapper. I don't know why I said upcoming. He is a known rapper. Uh, About 2 million followers on YouTube. So he decided to rap over the beat. It's called Stan's Revenge. He turned it into a song called Dear Slim. And in the title, he put produced by Eminem, which obviously is going to catch people's eyes immediately because first off, one thing that I've always said is people don't understand how dope of a producer Eminem is. Very underrated. He's produced a lot of great hits. Akon smacked that. Uh, Lloyd Banks, Hands Up. There's been so many. I just can't think off the top of my head. There's been so many records that Eminem has produced. And this beat on this track If you haven't heard it, Tom McDonald, Dear Slim, is this beat is just beautiful. Like Eminem needs to do more production, like produce more, please. Because the beat on this is just perfection. And then this guy just kills it because he he writes from not Stan's perspective, because Stan passed away, but it's kind of like that. Like in the video, if let me paint a visual picture. In the video, he's standing on top of the exact car. Not the exact one from the Stan video, but he found an exact model. And just painted it the exact same way as that. And in the video, he's standing on the... He's sitting on the... the the, the Fucking... Why am I... The trunk. Not the trunk, but the... Fucking... Uh, the hood of the car. Why am I... I know car parts. Why am I messing this up? The hood of the car, he's sitting on there. And water's like flowing through the car. Because you know, in the end of the Stan video, the car jumps off the bridge. And Stan ultimately dies. But in the video, he's like floating too. And there's like a black... um it's like black all over, and he's just floating in the water, and so it, it, to me it, the story kind of seemed like he it stand made it out alive, and he's going at Eminem and explaining how much he loves him even more. And on the track, he shows him how much he loves him. He says, "Whether you love me or hate me or think I'm crazy, dropped hundred grand to get a beat from Shady. I really hope when I bought it, he wasn't angry, but I really had to tell him that he made me." He rapped on the track, which is dope. He's showing love to him. A lot of people expected hate, and the track just blew up. I mean. I can't play it, obviously do for copyright reasons, but it's number nine on YouTube training it has 3.2 million views. He easily, easily made that money back off that hundred thousand. He spent best investment he ever made. Wasn't a dumb move. And it just turned out great. It turned out really great. If you guys got a chance, check it out. I love it. And to spend a hundred thousand on something and take a bet on yourself like that as an independent artist, man, much props to that guy, man, much props to that guy, much props. So check that out. Definitely uh, definitely, dope story. Molly Mall. So this guy is a producer. A while ago, he used to release music too. And he produced for Justin Bieber, Tyga, quite a few other people. And reports have come out that he is facing 33 months in prison for a prostitution ring. So when you see, here's the thing, right? When you see a lot of these celebrities or like these people that got money on Instagram... And you don't even know who they are. They just got money. You're like, what the fuck, man? What like what's going on? This is one of those people that I was like looking at him like, yo, who's yeah, he produced a couple beats here and there, but damn, he's got money like that. Like this guy was like stunned on Instagram. I was seeing like Rolls Royce's private jets, this and that. Well, it turns out he's running a prostitution ring. So that's why he was stunned. Let's go over the article. Producer Molly Marr was reportedly sentenced to 33 months in prison on Thursday, May 13th running a high-end prostitution service based out of Las Vegas. According to M- NBC News, the 40-year-old artist ran the sex services ring with women he called priority girls between 2002 and 2014. Damn, it's a long time, 12 years. Federal federal prosecutors said rates ranged anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 per date, but each woman would only get around $100 for their services, that's some pimp shit. You're charging a thousand to ten thousand; they're only getting a hundred dollars out of that. What the fuck, man? This guy's a piece of shit, isn't he? Authorities said Molly Mall would normally keep a close eye on their activities as well, and much like Blueface, he would want women to get Molly Mall-related tattoos to prove their loyalty. After a woman became a priority girl, she quickly learned that the defendant expected her to follow many rules, according to sentencing memo by act by acting U.S. Attorney Christopher Chau. For example, a defendant required priority goers to text him when they went anywhere. They were, now, they were not allowed to date anyone. Malimal pleaded guilty in October 2019 to one count of use, an interstate facility, to aid in unlawful activity. Jamal accepted full responsibility for his conduct that occurred almost a decade ago. Defense attorney Richard Schoenfeld said he will serve his sentence and looks forward to returning to the music industry. According to Steven Skellell, added Malimal long ago accepted responsibility for his actions in this case and has worked hard to turn his life around. He always recognized that his punishment would likely include substantial time in federal custody, but looks forward to his release and successful return to the music business. So at least he's owning up to it, man. He could have been like, yo, I didn't do this shit, man. So who knows? Um, That's crazy, though, man. Like I said, like when you see a lot of these people, man, they got money, like insane money. You just start to question all kinds of shit, man. I just sit there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? There's no way. Um, and I'm not even hating. I'm just saying people can make money and do it le- legitimately, of course. That makes, you know, I have I know a bunch of people that do that. But sometimes you just see people and you're like, how is this person stunned like this? It makes no sense to me. Um, let me go over. This is a dope-ass story. So have you guys ever played the Def Jam video games? You know, Def Jam Fight from New York, Def Jam Vendetta with all the rappers. And those video games were fucking fire. Then they released Def Jam Icon and it flopped. It didn't really do that good. That was the PlayStation 3 release. And, you know, that game you, you would like DJ kind of. You'd be like a DJ, a rapper that DJs, and you would be able to like adjust the or like the arena around you. You know, like on Mortal Kombat, you can use the elements around you to fight your opponent. That's the same shit that would be on Def Jam Icon, but that the game didn't perform well, which was unfortunate. It was a decent game. Obviously, it wasn't better than Fight for New York or Vendetta, but... It was a decent game. Kevin Lyles, though, went on um Twitter and Instagram. Thought I fucking had the post here. Come on, man. What is going on? Kevin Lyles. Def Jam. I don't understand where these where these fucking articles disappeared to. I just had it up here. Alright. Def Jam Recordings kicked off a video game franchise with Def Jam Vendetta, the pit rappers against each other flight with the fight club inspired battle the series was beloved by fans and many have petitioned to see the game make a return on the current lineup of the next gen consoles on wednesday may 12th hip-hop mogul and former president def jam recordings kevin Lyles took his twitter page and instagram pages to ask fans whether or not the infamous fighting game should make a real comeback he said it's in the name thinking i should bring back the series how many of y'all would like to see this happen Def Jam, Enterprises, bunch of eye emojis. Let me know. Now, I hate when they tease like this because it sometimes never fucking happens. You know, a lot of... I've been waiting for a new boxing game, you know, for a long time. But this shit, like, never happens. It, they they tease like this and fans say, yo, we want it, we want it. But I don't know. I'm, I hope it does, but these games were legendary. If you've never played them, you missed out. I mean, shit, just buy a PS2 and get them because they're probably like $5 to get. And it's worth it. A bunch of hip-hop artists that you can play with, DMX, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, a lot of artists, man. I was upset at the time when I was a kid that 50 Cent was never in the game. But now I understand because Def Jam, <laughs> I'm sure 50 had issues with Def Jam at that time too and just didn't like them, so they didn't post them. But yeah, DMX was on there, Snoop Dogg. I remember a lot of people, Redman, Method Man, um, insane amount of artists that you could fight with. And it was just fun, man. Wu-Tang was in there, um, all kinds of people. So, yeah, I hope they bring that back. Speaking of Def Jam, DMX, his album, Exodus, um, the track list has been revealed. Swiss Beats, the first thing that Swiss Beats did is an interview and then kind of revealed why they chose this track list because a lot of people were expecting the DMX and Pop Smoke track to be on this album. I was hyped. I was expecting that too. But what ended up happening was Swiss Beats says it just didn't fit the album. And I'm assuming, this is not what Swiss Beats said, but I'm assuming that that track is going to be on Pop Smoke's album. I just, I would expect it to eventually get released. If they recorded it, DMX liked it. The way he talked about it, it seemed like he liked it. Um, so wherever that track is, it's not on this album though. He revealed the track list and then said Lil Baby and the Dirk were set to release their collab album that same day, but they pushed it back to honor DMX and give him his day. So shout out to Lil Dirk and Lil Baby for that. That's dope of them to do that. The track list goes like this. That's My Dog is track number one featuring the Locks and Swiss Beats. Track number two is Bath Assaults featuring Jay-Z and Nas, which is insane. Jay-Z and Nas on another track with DMX. I don't know. I, I kind of would have liked to hear Ja Rule with that too. Jay-Z, Ja Rule, and DMX. That would have been cool. Shout out to Ja Rule, even though people hate on him a lot. I, I think like he would have fit that perfectly. Number three is Dogs Out featuring Lil Wayne and Swiss Beats. Number four is Money, Money, Money featuring Money Bag Yo quick drink break now money yo was the one that surprised a lot of people people are like well, what the hell is money yo doing with dmx that just doesn't fit dmx and we don't know you know he did speak about a lot of these features on this album before he passed away on drink champs a lot of this he talked about like alicia keys talked about Lil wayne you know pop smoke you know I think he even mentioned Bono. Yeah, he mentioned Bono. He mentioned a lot of these features. Usher, he mentioned. So yeah, Moneybag Yo, I don't know if that's if that's something that they decided to do or that was DMX himself. Who knows? Number track number five is Hold Me Down featuring Leash Keys. Track number six is skyscrapers featuring Bono. Track number seven is Make Make Stick Up Skit featuring Cross, Infrared, and Ice Pick. Number eight is Hood Blues, featuring West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher and Conway. Number nine is Walking in the Rain featuring Nas, Exodus Simmons, which is his son, and Mr. Porter. Number 10 is Take Control featuring Snoop Dogg. Number 11 is Exodus Skit. Number 12 is Letter to My Son, Call Your Father featuring Usher and Brian King Joseph. And then number 13 is a prayer. So 13 tracks, seems like two of them are like skits or like prayers. Three of them are skits, kind of. So you're, let's just say 10 tracks if you count those i don't know how what those are going to be or how long they're going to be they're going to be featuring verses but yeah list looks interesting um i'm curious i'm really curious to see what this album is going to sound like or to hear not see i don't know if he shot any music videos um he wanted to shoot one for i think skyscrapers of bono so i don't know if he ended up finishing that but yeah i'm excited i hope you guys are excited as well speaking of albums lloyd banks I was supposed to say this on the last podcast but I kind of just slipped my mind. I forgot to add it in there. But Lloyd Banks album is done. That thing that he's teaching this the teasing that Cotty, COTI that you guys are seeing on Instagram, Twitter if you have those. He's putting up a bunch of like videos. It's like some simple videos that like kind of tease the album. I don't know if that's the album title. I don't know if that's the album a single. Who knows, but his manager Hovain went on a podcast and confirmed that Lloyd Banks is done with this album so i'm hyped and man like i sh- speaking of music by the way i do have now a twitch account that i'm going to be going on live every time new music drops and sometimes just a game with y'all just talk about stuff so check it out it's twitch.tv forward slash quake gw twitch.tv forward slash quake gw check me out on there i i went on for the j cole album react to it i went on for a bunch of other stuff react to it, and just chill with you guys we just I chilled there for like two hours, had about 20, 30 people there, you know, in the chat. And I didn't really promote it. I just kind of went on there randomly and just wanted to try it out. But it's fun, man. So I'm going to definitely be streaming when DMX drops his album. I'm going to be streaming when Lloyd Banks drops his album. Obviously, I'm hyped about Lloyd Banks. I don't know what to expect from that because new manager, I don't even know if it's going to come out under G-Unit. That's the real question. Is this going to be dropped under G-Unit Records? I doubt it. Banks 50 ain't talking. So it might be Def Jam distribution. I don't know. We'll see. But Lloyd Banks' album is officially done. He is teasing something online. I don't know if it's album. I don't know if it's single. We'll see. Speaking of new music, you guys already know J. Cole, The Off Season. Oh, man. This thing is so much, so much to talk about, so much to break down, but I I don't even want to go into every little thing, but, well, first off, a lot of people were talking about the Diddy thing. Basically confirmed J. Cole on... I think it was let me see what track it is let my son something let my son i think it was like my son let go of my hand yeah i was just talking about his son but let go of my hand he uh he addresses the incident that happened with diddy and on this incident basically diddy diddy wanted to uh confront kendrick lamar for his control verse which is Stupid. I, here's the thing about Diddy. He acts tough with certain people that he knows he can act tough with. Like Kendrick Lamar, he can act tough with because he doesn't see any threat in Kendrick Lamar. But if you were, like, he's never act tough towards 50. He's never acted tough towards certain people. Like, he just doesn't, he, he picks and chooses who he wants to be mean to or shit like that. So, at the MTV Music Awards, at the after party, Puff allegedly argued with Kendrick Lamar over the King of New York claim on 2013 control track and attempted to pour a drink on Kendrick Lamar. J. Cole, a friend of Kendrick, of course, uh, intervened, intervened and then like a scuffle happened between Cole and Puff. And Cole on the track basically addressed, he said, my last scrap was with Puff Daddy. Who would have thought? I bought that guy's album in seventh grade and played it so much. You would have thought my favorite rapper was Puff. Back then I know shit. Now I know too much. Ignorance is bliss and innocence is just ignorance before it's introduced to currency and clips. Which is dope, or bad licks that have my guys serving three to six shit, and then Diddy on this exact track does an outro and kind of says, you know, his prayers and, dear Lord, guide our steps, watch us cover us. So obviously they're cool now, but he at least addressed that incident. So that was the thing that people mainly got from this album, which sucks. It's like whenever he mentions something, it's like, oh, people pay attention to that the most. But what I love about this album is the surprise features. What I really liked is the legends on this album. Not being features, but just showing up. That's a dope concept. Like the legends don't always have to be featured on the track. Like on the first track, 95 South, you had Cameron talking his shit for J. Cole. That's dope to me. That like stood out. I was like, damn, that's sick. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And stuff like that, man. Just throughout the album, you know, you had features you surprised, like like Diddy being on there. Then on um, I believe it was my life, you had 21 Savage on the track, which was dope. My favorite track off the album is Pride is the Devil with Lil Baby. That surprised me. They both killed it, and it just proves that Lil Baby isn't a mumble rapper. He's actually delivering, and we are in the Lil Baby era. Whether people want to admit it or not, he's fucking murdering it. He's on everybody's track. He's doing every feature. He's dropping albums, going double, triple platinum. Like, come on, man. Lil Baby is doing his thing. But throughout this album, I love 95 South. I love Amari. I love My Life. I love Applying Pressure. I love Punching the Clock. 100 mil is alright. Pride is the double, I love, let go of my hand is alright. Interlude, I love, the climb back, close and hunger on the hill, I all love. I was debating back and forth because I was on Twitch live and we were on probably to like one or two at night. So I ended up going back home. I drove with the car with the with the album playing in my car. And in the car just sounded a lot better for some reason. Like I liked it on obviously on the computer and when I was listening to it on Twitch. I enjoyed it. It went crazy. And the car is just like something was like, I guess the the sound just hits better in the car. And honestly, I was thinking it's better. It's J. Cole's best album. might be better than Born Center. And I love Born Center. Born Center to me is a classic. That's my favorite J. Cole album. I love 2014 Forest Hills Drive, but I like Born Center the most. He executed on that. It's like an 18-track album. And every single track I love on that album. So, I don't know. I'm going back and forth on this. Is this Cole's best album? What I can say, though, is Cole is definitely delivering. He is definitely pushing himself to a level that, you know, like he said in the documentary, no stone unturned. He wants to try everything out. He's even trying a little bit of singing and getting away with it and doing pretty good at it. So I'm not mad at this. I'm not mad at this. I do feel like there might be a deluxe version coming because two of these tracks were already released off this album, which was The Climb Back and Interlude. So technically, we only got ten tracks, which some fans were happy with that. Some fans weren't. They're like, "We want more. This is not enough." We waited three years, so where's the music? You know, it's like Kendrick Lamar. He's waited what four years, and he comes out with like an eight-track album, ten-track album. I wouldn't mind that personally. Michael Jackson's the best-selling album of all time, Thriller is only nine tracks, so there's nothing wrong with doing that. You know, it. it you know, it's a little more you can focus more on the album instead of just focusing on a bunch of tracks and different shit. So I love the album. Man. I, I think it's his best album. It might be better than Born Center. I don't know. I'm jumping back and forth on that, but it is his second best album, period. Born Center to me is his best. This is his second best. So I didn't think... It's really close to Born Center. I don't know. I'm flip-flop flip, back and forth. I didn't think he could top Born Center. Usually when an artist delivers their best album, and I think it's the best album, they can never top it. But to me, this is really close. So this just shows that there's pressure being applied. And I like the way this direction is going. Now we wait for Drake, and Drake is definitely on his game because Nicki Minaj dropped Be Me Up Scotty mixtape, which is a mixtape she released and blew up off of. But she added three new tracks to the mixtape. And these three new tracks, one of them had Lil Wayne, Nicki, and Drake. Let me remember. Let me actually look to see the track title. It's like something green or something. Let me see. I just want to make sure I get the title right. Let's see. Come on, come on. this I don't know why I didn't have this pulled up. Some of these things are just not showing up the way they're supposed to. Um, Where is this? Why is this not showing up? Nicki Minaj. Minaj. me up scotty so this is the track uh seeing green yeah something green i said but seeing green Nicki minaj drake and lil wayne and drake just absolutely obliterates both wayne and Nicki. they did great don't get me wrong but drake you can tell even though he's consistent every single year he still has the hunger in him and i don't know that just that verse if you haven't heard it listen to it it made me more excited for certified lover boy i hope we get something like that from drake Off the album title, I'm expecting more love tracks, but I hope it's something like that. Aggressive bars. I like the J. Cole approach. Aggressive bars, talking his shit, because that humble thing is cool, but we need some of that too. We need some of that. You need that. You need every type of emotion from artists. It can't just be humble, humble, yo, this and that. Talk your shit. I like that J. Cole did that. And Drake on this is sounding immaculate, so... I don't know, man. We'll see. Can Drake deliver a better album than J. Cole? Can Kendrick deliver better than all of them? We just gotta wait and see. Hopefully, they all drop this year. I don't know, Kendrick. It's still people are saying he's gonna drop this year. We don't know, man. We're just people are just talking out their ass. You know, the engineer, one of the engineers said it's done, but who knows, man? It's Kendrick. He could probably wait another year and just wait this out. But yeah, check that track out. Seeing Green. She also dropped. She also dropped two other tracks called Fractions and Crocodile Teeth. So. 21 Savage dropped Spiral EP, which is um, a soundtrack for the new Saw movie. And, of course, 21 Savage has a part in, in the music in that movie, which is dope. And the EP has four tracks. I listened to the track Emergency featuring Gunna, Young Thug, dope track. Spiral was a dope track. You Ain't Hard, Young Nutty is a dope track. And Down Bad is decent. So check that out as well, Spiral. Kodak Black dropped Haitian Boy Kodak. His, I don't know if it was an album. He's, I think he said it's an album, but it's only like eight tracks, but I guess that's an album nowadays. So. And we call him Thriller, an album. So, yeah, it's eight tracks. On here, he addressed NBA Youngboy and just said, yo, let's end this little back and forth that we had. And I didn't really listen to the album, to be honest with you guys. So go ahead and check that out. Migos are back. They dropped the straightening single. Straightening straighten yeah straighten i don't know fuck, that hook is stuck in my damn head but the beat is crazy the delivery and quavo's talking to shit in the beginning he's like y'all thought we went vacant come on man sit back and be patient so a lot of people were counting out a lot of people were saying actually migos were um were separating that beef with each other but this just, just, this song just proved it that to get everything straight that's all they had to do and the, the beat is hard delivery video is hard too if you haven't seen the video i can't wait for culture three that's gonna be a fire fire album so that's it for this episode of the diverse mentality podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it um stream us on spotify apple music deezer pocket cast youtube you guys already know check out the highlights check out the youtube channel and i'll see you guys on the next one check me out on twitch too. appreciate the support twitch.tv forward slash quake gw check me out i gonna be going live on there a lot and yeah appreciate you guys with the support And I'll see you guys on the next one. Have an amazing, blessed day. Peace.